This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Well, several weeks ago, uh, I woke up with the Lord just talking to me. And when I say the Lord talking to me, just in here, I just, I knew it was, it was uh, just such a strong presence of God in me and on me. And he said, the spirit of oppression has been trying to attach itself to my family and it's time for that to stop. So, of course, it got me, my wheels turning, and I began to ask the Lord what that looks like. And I began to get into God's Word and, and to just dig out what, what's the purpose of oppression. Listen to some of these definitions. Oppression means extortion. I want you to think, as I read this definition, maybe uh, there's individuals in, in positions of authority, okay? And I want you to think about extortion means illegal use of one's official position or power to obtain from individuals. So oppression means extortion. Oppression is an outside force that comes to hinder, to hold back, to press down, to subdue. Think about some of these definitions. It means to smother. Some synonyms mean to abuse, conquer, control, dominate, an iron hand trying to rule spiritually. In the Webster's Dictionary, it means unjust or cruel exercise of authority or power, a sense of being weighed down in body or mind. And as we go through today, I want you to think about, have you felt weighed down in your mind or weighed down in your body? Or do you know people in positions of authority that are using their authority illegally or they got into a position illegally. Because whatever is on the head has a right to get on the body. So there are certain positions in our country that are illegally there and they're not using their power correctly. So that spirit of oppression has a right to get up on our country. But as the body of Christ, we've been waiting on somebody else to do something about it over there, up there. But God is saying that He wants you and I to put a stop to it, first individually, then locally, then statewide, then our nation. The spirit of oppression is a, a tactic of the enemy to hold down God's people. And I want you to think about... Uh, what is on the head has a right to get on the body. It's a spiritual principle. And in Psalms 133, I just want to read this to you. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, or the beard of Aaron running down the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. Now notice what he says right here. He says, How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And then he talks about how the oil starts on the head and it goes down the beard all the way down the garments. And he said, at this place of unity, God commands the blessing. Well, what's been the attack upon our country over the past year? Not for us to gather together, but for us to be divided. Not for us to be unified, but for us to be divided. 
So the enemy knows when we are together and we are in agreement, God commands the blessing, and the blessing is stronger than the curse. And what has illegally been used with power and authority gives Satan a right to operate because Satan has to have people that are willing to align themselves with him in order for his spirit, the spirit of oppression, to dominate. Just like God has to find people who are willing to cooperate with him in order for his spirit of power, dominion, and authority to operate. So notice on uh, what, what, what our commission is, our command is from God, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. So notice one of the meanings of the word oppression is to subdue. I want you to think about this. The enemy's desire, John 10, 10, is to still kill and destroy. Genesis 1, 28, then God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, and have dominion. See, everything that God has that is correct and right and blessing and wholeness and good, the enemy wants to pervert it. He wants to twist it. So the spirit of oppression is designed by the enemy to subdue, to hold down, to suppress. But God gave you and I the blessing. And originally it was our assignment and our commandment from God for us to subdue. Subdue on a positive light means to take dominion, to push forward, to go forward, to advance. Subdue on a negative light means to shut down, hold back, and repress. So I want you to see how the enemy... His design is to hold the body of Christ back from being everything we're called and created to be. And God commanded you and I to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. I want you to think how the enemy, it is operating illegally. Now, it's operating legally because it's found a human being or human beings to cooperate, but it's operating illegally in the family of God because what is on the head has a right to get up on the body. What is upon positions of authority has a right to get up on the nations that it is leading but it's illegally operating in our life because we're in a different family and our head is Jesus and what is on the head has the right to get on us and what is on the head is in and on us. Listen to some of these scriptures. What is on the head has a right to get on us and Jesus is our head. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is also the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. Colossians 1.18 says he also is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Colossians 2.10, in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. Jesus is our head. If you're born again, child of God, if you've called upon the name of Jesus, you come out of darkness into light, and the spirit of oppression is illegally operating in your finances, your family, your calling, your assignment, your business. Now, what's an indicator that the spirit of oppression is operating? When you started out in a certain assignment, a certain calling, you, you call upon the name of Jesus, you're recreated on the inside, you, you, you've got the Word of God, and you start moving forward in your assignment, and there's fruit there. You're excited, you're full of faith, you're full of hope, you're making progress, you're advancing, but then all of a sudden, things begin to halt. Maybe you started a business, and in the first years of your life, it's fruitful, it's prospering, it's thriving, but all of a sudden, it just, it's like somebody turns the faucet off. 
When you start off and there's fruit, and then there's no more fruit, there's no more progression, the spirit of oppression that's trying to hold you down, subdue you, oppress you, to the point that he depresses you, to the point that you regress. And regress means you go back to where you came from, and even worse. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Lord is saying the spirit of oppression is trying to hold his family in bondage, and it's time for it to stop first individually, then locally, then statewide, then our nation. It doesn't stop up there. It stop, stops within us, the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ, not the body of crisis. The greater one lives on the inside of you and I. And it's time for us to rise up and to come together in unity because there's the commanded blessing, not for us to bow down and get segregated and separated. It's time for us to come together because the blessing is there. The blessing is an empowerment to move forward. The blessing is God's supernatural ability in us and on us for us to be everything we're called and created to be. It's time for the spirit of oppression to stop. Acts 10, verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. No, no, notice what's happening here. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, anointed means God's hand is upon Jesus. It means that, that the anointing of God is smeared upon Jesus. He's with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him, with the Holy Spirit, with power. God was with him. With comes from a, a Greek word meta, which means that it, there's an accompaniment there with Jesus. There's a transference with Jesus. There's, there's the same. It's a duplicate. It's, it's God in and on Jesus. He's with him and he's with us. In other words, he's wanting to do a work in us and do a work through us. And it says the reason that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost, and with power was that he went about doing good and healing all, not just some, not just some special people. All. We're all special. We're all bought with the blood of Jesus. We're all delivered from the power of darkness. We're all, he wants all of us to work worship him, all of us to come after him, all who were oppressed of the devil. Now this word oppressed in the Greek here paints a picture of a wicked tyrant. I want you to think of leadership. I want you to think of the motive behind oppression. It paints the picture of a wicked tyrant that tells people where they're going to live, what they're going to eat, how much money they're going to make, and his desire is get you to have a wrong self-image because you can't live any higher than the way you see yourself on the inside. See, your identity determines your inheritance. So if you don't know your identity in Christ, you'll never walk in healing. You'll never walk in power. You'll never walk in authority. You'll never walk in dominion. And the Spirit of God is in and on you to bring healing first and foremost in us so we can help those around us get free from the spirit of oppression just like He wants us free. Amen. Let's keep going. Oppression. Think about, think about what, what this looks like. Jesus is our head. Luke Chapter 10, verse 17 through 19. This is so powerful. I'd never seen this before till today. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So I want you to picture this. Jesus gave the disciples dominion and authority, told them, you, you go. 
And so they come back, and they, they come back in joy, and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. That word subject in the Greek is, they're saying, Jesus, just like a commanding officer obeys an authoritative voice, we noticed when we did things in your name, they were subject to us. They listened to our voice with a, with a command, with an authoritative. They got in alignment. They did what we told them to do when we did it in your name. And then notice what Jesus, his response, notice what he says. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then he uses the word behold. This word behold, it's a, it's a theatrical word. It is like, a, a, okay, Jesus is saying, okay, I know you're excited about this, but I want you to realize that I was there and I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I saw, I was there. I experienced when the voice of the Father, whenever Satan tried to exalt himself above the Most High, I was there. I saw when God kicked him out of heaven right to earth and I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then he says behold, that's a theatrical meaning I saw the first act, the second act, the third act and this word behold means that was great it was phenomenal but it's nothing like what I'm seeing right now. He says the same authority that kicked him out of heaven is the same authority I'm giving you. Huh. So powerful. So powerful. And he goes on to say, I give you power and authority to, to trample over all the power of the enemy. This word power means explosive power. It means dunamis. It means that, that even, even though it seems like the enemy might be advancing, the enemy might be going forward, he says, this power that I've given you, don't be moved by what you see. This power that I've given you, it's greater. That even though it seems like the enemy is advancing, they're not greater than the power and authority that I've given you. The same way that the Father spoke and kicked him out of heaven, he gave me that same dominion and authority. Now I'm giving it to you and they're going to stay. They were subject to you and they're going to stay subject to you when you do things in my name. John 14, he says, whatever works that I do, you will do also and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. So powerful, so powerful. Listen to, to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, verses 2 and 3. Now, now oppression, it can, it can feel like a cloak. Remember, oppression is an, it's an external force. It's a spiritual force. And it, and it can feel like it just comes upon you, like you, you feel heavy, you think heavy. And listen to what the prophet Isaiah tells you and I how to handle this. Isaiah 61, verses 2 and 3 in the Amplified, it says, To comfort all, he's talking about when Jesus showed up and, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon him to preach the gospel, the good news to you and I. And it says, To comfort all who mourn, 
to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland, a diadem, or beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy burden, failing spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, magnificent, distinguished, for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now let's look at this for a moment, because this is so powerful. See, the spirit of oppression is wanting to, to press us down. It's wanting to hold us back in our relationships, our finances, our physical body, whatever the area. He says, okay, when Jesus shows up, and he's already showed up, and the presence of God is in you and with you right now, reaching out to you. And he says, this is the reason the Spirit of the Lord showed up to comfort all who mourn. Mourn means any sense of loss, any sense of grief. And he goes on to say, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland, a diadem, or beauty instead of ashes. Now, when you look at this in the Hebrew, it's so powerful. The word garland, the word diadem is saying that, okay, life has thrown something at you relationally, financially, physically, and ashes represent defeat. You feel a loss, you're mourning, you feel heavy, there's a cloak there. And it's, it paints the picture of someone reaching down and starting to wipe the ashes off of you. And they pick you up and he puts a garland, he puts a diadem, which is a crown. It represents authority. It represents what they would put on the most prized possession. He says, so instead of you seeing yourself full of ashes, full of defeat, full of hindrance, full of oppression, full of depression, full of bondage... I'm picking you up and I'm putting a crown on your head and I see you as victorious. I see you as free. I see you as my most prized possession. So he says, instead of the ashes, I see something beautiful. Keep going. And he says, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy burdened and failing spirit. Instead of a heavy burdened failing spirit. What was he saying? Instead of you wearing that cloak of oppression where it makes you feel heavy, where it shuts you down, he says, take off that garment. Remember Mark chapter 10 when blind Bartimaeus is sitting by the highway side begging? He was there from his birth and he begins to hear that it was Jesus. So he calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon him. Remember, he's blind and he has a garment that signifies he is a beggar. And he begins to call out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. And Jesus stops. And this time when he's calling out, the disciples are saying, shh, man, be quiet, be quiet. And the Bible says he began to call out all the more. Why? Because he was tired of the garment. See, You've got to get tired of the garment of oppression. You've got to get tired of defeat. You've got to get fed up with anything that steals, kills, and destroys. And so he had on this garment, and he began to call out. Just like on the inside of you, there's something calling out that you know that there's more. There's more freedom. There's more healing. There's more victory. There's more joy. There's more peace. And he's saying, throw off the garment. And so Jesus, as he, as he called out, Jesus stopped. And he said, tell him to come to me. So then the Bible says blind Bartimaeus got up and threw off his garment, which signified that he was blind and saying, I'm expecting, I'm throwing off my past. You can't change your past. I'm throwing off the addiction. I'm throwing off the sickness. I'm throwing off the perversion. I'm throwing off the addiction. I'm throwing off anything that's still killing the And I'm coming to you, Jesus, expecting to receive freedom from anything that still kills and destroys. 
So he threw off his garment, and this is what Isaiah is saying, put on the garment of praise. And so instead of walking around, sucking your thumb, pulling your ear, and why, 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 you begin to just say, thank you, Jesus, even with tears running down your face at times, even when you're laying in bed and your fear is all around you and tears running, I begin to praise you and bless you and give you glory and honor. See, heaviness cannot stand in the presence of praise. So he's saying exchange the heavy, failing, burdened spirit for the garment of praise. And it's simple to start by saying, thank you, Lord, that I'm still breathing. <laughs> if you're still breathing, you got a 100% chance of succeeding. <laughs> but he says, put on the garment of praise. Then notice what he says, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, that they may be called and oaks of righteousness. He says, lofty, strong, magnificent, distinguished, that they may be called, that they may be called. You know, God doesn't talk to you from where you're at. God talks to you from your potential. He says that they may be called lofty, lofty. Notice this, there's a trait of lofty instead of lowly, strong instead of weak. Magnificent instead of petty, little. Magnificent means impressive. Listen to this. This is what God is calling you. This is what comes out of the heart of the Father. See, you might go to God and you might start talking to God about, well, so-and-so, they did this and they said this. And, and just like a good... I was talking to a gentleman today and he just went on and on about his child and his son. And, oh, they're doing this. And I mean, they were just... And I was just thinking, we could go to God and say, you know what? Ding-dong Bill over there, he did this and that. And you know what? The Father, he's going to come back. But yeah, do you, but do you see his gift? Do you see his talent? Do you see how right he is? Do you see him through the blood? Do you see his gift? Do you see his calling? And this is what God is saying about you and I. He's saying instead of being weak and, and, and pressed down, God sees you wearing a robe of righteousness and he calls you lofty and he calls you strong and he calls you magnificent and he calls you beautiful and he calls you powerful and he calls you dominant and this is what he calls you, his son, his daughter. So instead of the oppressive spirit, because it wants to shut all that down, it wants to, to, to lock you up, throw away the key. But he's talking to the real you. He's talking to the victorious warrior on the inside of you. He's talking to the blessed you. He's talking to the, to, to the healed you. He's talking to the entrepreneur. He's talking to the husband and, 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 and wife. He's talking to the kids saying, I'm unlocking, I'm unlocking the real you. The devil tried to come and lock it up, throw away the key. Uh-uh, Jesus is the key. <laughs> Put on the garment of praise. Now, now go with me to Isaiah 54, just back up from where you're at there. And I want you to see that, that oppression is a spirit and oppression is a weapon. Now, how does, how does oppression attach itself to people? Because the devil's been at this for thousands of years. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful. He's not all-present. Okay, but he has been studying you. His little imps, his little demons. And he, he's been studying mankind for thousands of years. So he studies your weaknesses and he studies your strengths. 
And He wants an open door through sin, through disobedience, through fear, through lying, through lust, through whatever it is. He wants an open door because when He has an open door in that area, then the spirit of oppression has a right to operate in that area. So I want you to see it's a spirit and it's a weapon. And thank God for the blood of Jesus. We can slam that door shut and let Him know you don't own me. <laughs> the mercy of God is new every day. The grace of God is sufficient. And I will live in victory. Isaiah 54, verse 14, it says, You shall establish yourself in righteousness. Now, the word establish means to set up on a firm, permanent basis, to achieve permanent acceptance or recognition, to make firm or stable, to bring into existence. Notice the word permanent. He's wanting you to realize you permanently belong in the presence of God. Your permanent address is Victoryville 101. Your permanent identity is forgiven. Your permanent identity is cleansed. Your permanent identity is righteousness. It says, For you shall establish yourself in righteousness, rightness and conformity with God's will and order. And I can hear some of you saying, Well, I don't feel right. We're not moved by how we feel. We're only moved by what God's Word says. And He says, He who knew no sin was made sin, so that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Righteousness isn't based upon our actions, righteousness is based upon what we believe. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross and took your sins, then you also need to believe that he released his right standing with the Father to you and I. And he says, I made you righteous. The same righteousness I have is the same righteousness you have. You will never be any more righteous than you are right now. <laughs> righteousness means you are right with God because of Jesus. It says, establish yourself in your righteousness. Establish yourself that you're right with God because of the blood of Jesus. Even when you mess up. <laughs> Don't be moved by how you feel. Don't be moved by what you said yesterday, what you did. Repent. Get, get cleansed by the blood. You're right because of Jesus. Let's keep going. And it says, you shall be far from even the thought of oppression or destruction. For you shall not fear and from terror, for it shall not come near you. For you shall be even, even far from even the thought of oppression. Even, think about that. We grow to such a, a degree and to such a place. We're so established in our right standing with God. We don't even think thoughts that line up with oppression. We don't even think thoughts. Remember 2 Timothy 1.7, he says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Sound mind means saved mind. Sound mind means delivered mind. Sound mind means that, okay, you're to the point that you begin to think healed and think blessed and think prosperous and think like an overcomer and think like a winner because you have a saved mind, a sound mind. Ephesians chapter 6, he says, I give you the helmet of salvation. In other words, he's saying, I give you my word to put on your mind to protect you from thinking according to oppression or anything that steals, kills, and destroys. And he says, as you establish yourself in righteousness, you get so far away from, you don't even think about oppression. That's powerful. That's life-changing. He says, from oppression or destruction, for you shall not fear, you shall not fear. How powerful is that? In today's society, fear is running rampant. Why is this virus and everything else continue to run rampant? Because of fear. 
People are so stinking afraid of everything. They're afraid. I mean, you go around, they just rubbing their hands. And if that's you, get free today. Get delivered from fear. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Get over yourself. Get over fear. Come into relationship with God. And don't allow that spirit of oppression to hold you down and hold you in bondage. And you can't even go have a corn dog because you're afraid somebody's going to sneeze on you. Get over it. <laughs> That's even free from even the thought of oppression. Oh, I'm going to die. You're going to die anyway. Come on, live life. <laughs> ah, thank you, Jesus. You shall be even far from the thought of oppression, destruction. You shall not fear from terror, for it shall not come near you. Verse 17. And don't write me any ugly letters. I'm not going to read them anyway, okay? So just come on with me. Verse 17. But no weapon, listen to this, but no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. So the oppression is a spirit and it's a weapon. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall show to be in the wrong. So all the lies that the devil tells you, he says you're going to condemn them. You're going to shut them down. All the lies that other people tell you that you're not going to make it, you're not good enough, you're not going to have enough money, he says you're going to show them to be in the wrong. He says this peace, this righteousness, this security, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Notice triumph over opposition is your heritage. What is heritage? Heritage, heritage is when something is passed down. You, you have your family, they, they leave you a heritage, they pass it down. He's saying triumph over opposition is your heritage. It's my heritage. We've got to take ownership of what Jesus died to give us. And he goes on to say, those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. God wants to reproduce victory in our life. Reproduce means to produce again. He says, this is your heritage as an ideal servant of the Lord, this righteousness or vindication which they obtain from me. This is that which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord. So remember, an indicator of oppression. Oppression is a spiritual outside force that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy, to hold you back from being everything you're called and created to be. And so I've just, I've put down some things of what oppression might look like in some different areas. And what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit it's going to shine a light on this area. Then we're going to come back around and we're going to deal with those areas for freedom to come into your life. Remember, he said, the spirit of oppression is trying to attach itself to my family, but it's time for it to stop. Whatever's on the head has a right to get on the body. But if you're a child of God, remember your head is Jesus. So his spirit, which is a freeing spirit, a life-giving spirit, life and life more abundantly, has a right to dominate our life when we get in agreement with him. So listen to some of these ways that the spirit of oppression is used as a weapon. It hinders finances and provision. In other words, you, you, you're doing everything you know to do in the natural. You're tithing. Tithing means you're, you're honoring God with 10%. It's an act of worship. You're not having to. You get to. It's a privilege. You're tithing. You're doing everything in the natural. But it doesn't matter how hard you work. You cannot get ahead. Something, you get some money built up, but then everything begins to break. The spirit of oppression is trying to get you shut down and not letting you become the prosperous, blessing person that you are created by God to be. That could be the spirit of oppression. Uh, stopping people from coming to the Lord. You know, I, 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 
gone to uh, Australia several times. There was a time I was over there and I was uh, speaking at this Aborigine village and, and the kids over there, they just walk with this blank look on their face, no sense of purpose, no sense of destiny. You know, 12-year-olds having babies. It, it, it was just so um, gut-wrenching. And this leader of this tribe was taking us around and showing us, okay, we're building these houses and all this and it's great, all that they're doing, but there's 12 people in a house, 15 people in a house. And I looked at him and I said, that's great that you're building all this, but, but are you teaching them how to come out of this? Are you teaching them how to think differently? Are you teaching them? And they got so mad because he, they, they had them right where they wanted them. What is that? That's a spirit of oppression, keeping them from coming to the Lord, keeping them from being who they're called and created to be. So the spirit of oppression, I, you know, as I travel, I can feel it in different parts of different cities. As you fly in, you, you see strongholds, you sense it, you sense the spirit of oppression designed to steal, kill, and destroy, designed to shut people down, designed people to think heavy, to live heavy, to be locked down, to be isolated, to be in fear. It's the spirit of oppression. Let's keep going. Maybe you have a business that it started off and it was producing, but then it quit growing. That's a spirit of oppression. You've been in a place of employment for a long amount of time, or you just have a gifts and callings, and there should be advancement in your life, but it just seems like there's no advancement. I'm not talking a week or a month, or you're just going through some. I'm talking long blocks of life. The spirit of oppression is doing everything it can to stop you from being who you're called and created to be. And that spirit is illegal in the life of a child of God. God. It's illegally operating, so it's time to put our foot down and let it know its day is done in our life. Let's keep going. Maybe you've been believing for healing for a while. You, you've, you've been prayed for, you've received the Word, you've declared the Word, but there's no change. There's, there's, there's no manifestation. Could be the spirit of oppression. Um, family issues. Boy, this is a good one right here. Family issues. It seems like you get one thing dealt with and then this issue pops up and this issue pops up and that issue pops up. There's no peace whatsoever in the family. That's the spirit of oppression that is attached to the family until somebody has the gumption to put their foot down and to rise up like David. You know there were no giant killers in David's day until David began to stand up and he says, God was with me when I killed the lion and God was with me when I killed the bear and God's with me when I kill this uncircumcised Philistine also. And after David had the, the courage to take Goliath down, then giant killers started popping up everywhere. And so the spirit of oppression is designed to hold you back, to tell you who you are, to tell you how much money you can make, to tell you where you're going to go, where you're going to live. Don't you talk back. Open your mouth and begin to talk back. That's not who I am. This is who I am. I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. I'm righteous. I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm an overcomer. I'm going to go everywhere I'm called to go, do everything I'm created to do, all for the glory of God. Put him in his place. He's illegally operating in your family, in your business, in your physical body. Let's keep going. Um, oh yeah, this, this is such a powerful, powerful one right here. Is that he wants you and I to get so used to problems and issues that we settle right where we're at. And we think this is as good as it gets. This is as good as my life is ever going to get. That is a lie from the pit of hell and the spirit of oppression is behind those thoughts. Let's keep going. 
He wants, uh, maybe it's a revelation, a, a dream. Maybe you have difficulty remembering the Word of God. Maybe every time you open your Bible, you just fall asleep. Now, there's times the peace of God gets so strong that, yeah, you fall asleep, but if that's a continual thing, you just open up the Bible and you fall asleep, the spirit of oppression is doing everything he can to shut you down and to stop you from reading the Word. Or maybe you've you've been uh, wanting to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, receive your prayer language, walk in the power of God, but it's just like you you can't receive it. You're, You're thinking, you're believing, you've been taught something different. The spirit of oppression has come to shut down the family of God, the body of Christ, but today is Freedom Day for you and I. So, the the, the enemy comes in all different forms and fashion. The spirit of oppression doesn't want you to have faith in God. He doesn't want you to believe that God is doing what He said He would do. He isn't wanting, the spirit of oppression is wanting you to think that God doesn't care about you. The spirit of oppression is wanting you to think that you've messed up so bad that there's no way God can hear your prayer. That is a lie. You need to know that because of the blood of Jesus, you call out to God. He hears the prayer of the righteous. You call out to him. You draw near to him. He's going to draw near to you. Don't let anything hold you back. Don't let any condition. If you're strung out right now and you're watching this, call upon the name of God. He's bigger than any dope deal that you've ever walked into. He's bigger than any hit. He's bigger than any jack up. He's be whatever it is. Our God is greater. So, so how does a person get free from the spirit of oppression? Now, I know that when I was talking about family, I was talking about finance, I was talking about physical body, I was talking about relationships, the Holy Spirit was shining a light on your heart and it identified with you in some form, some fashion. You can be like, that's it, that's the answer right there. That's why I haven't seen the breakthrough like I needed. The spirit of oppression is illegally operating. So how do I get free? Number one, realize God wants you free. Realize, realize that God wants me free. Because a lot of times we think what's easy for God to show up for the pastor or the preacher or Miss, you know, so-and-so or Mr. So-and-so. No, no, no. God wants to show up for you. Jesus came and died for you. Jesus died upon the cross, went to hell, took our place so you and I don't have to go there. Jesus wants us free. He wants me free. Say He wants me free. Now I want you to picture this. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity. In other words, realizing that when Jesus showed up, He came to set you free. Notice it says, Send forth as delivered those who are oppressed. If this identified you in any form or fashion, this is God speaking to you and God sending Jesus to send you forth as already delivered from oppression. Oppression has no right to to dominate and control you from this point forward. God wants you free. Say that with me. God wants me free. God wants me free. He wants me free. He wants me. He wants me free. No matter what what the spirit of oppression is trying to do. He wants me free. Second thing, repent. Repent. How do I get free from oppression? Repent doesn't mean ball squall, suck your thumb, pull your ear. If you need to, 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 if there needs to be a crying session, then get it on. I mean, do whatever you have to do to get it right. But re, the prefix re, re in front of any word means to bring back to the original. 
Okay, redeem. Think of redeem. Deem means to purchase. Re means that Jesus purchased you to bring you back to who you're originally created to be. Renew. God wants to take your mind, when you renew your mind with the Word of God, He wants you to bring your mind and bring it back to what it was originally created to think like. Your mind was not created to think negative. It was created to think positive. It wasn't created to think on sickness. It was created to think on healing. It wasn't created to think on lack. It was created to think on abundance. Are you with me? So repent. Re. I'm going to bring it back to the original. And pent means that there's a large room for you in the presence of God. So when you live a repentant lifestyle, you're changing your mind, you're changing your heart from going this direction, and you're going back and you're stepping into the throne room. Repentance means there's a huge room that you belong in. The greatest room in your life should be the room for improvement. You know that? <laughs> not the laundry room, not the guest room, not the dining room. The room for improvement. God's room. Make room for God. So when you say, I repent, you're saying, I changed my mind about that. I changed my heart. I'm repenting. I'm turning. I'm coming back to who I'm originally created to be. And now there's room for me to grow into the person I'm called and created to be. Now in this room, listen to what happens. It says, change your mind and purpose, turn around, return to God. So if you need to do that, do it right where you're at. Lord, I repent that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean. Listen to what happens in this room. That times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord. Refreshing means recovery of breath. Revival, restore, recover means to regain, retaking, obtain possession, what was taken or stolen. Revive means to restore to life, regain strength, new energy. So when you repent, you mess up. Let's say you, you cuss somebody out, you flip them off, whatever it is. You have a bad attitude, you, whatever. The list just goes on and on. I mean, you, you, you're with me, right? You mess up. You miss it. <laughs> I ask you to forgive me. 1 John 1, 9 says he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful. So when you miss it, receive forgiveness, change your mind, your heart, you repent, come back to this place, he says. And you know what happened? You come back to this place of relationship with God. He says there's a refreshing that takes place. There's a, a recovering. There's a reviving. You position yourself and you get strength enough to regain what was taken or stolen from you. Has anything been taken? Maybe a relationship, maybe money, maybe physical health, whatever it is, from the presence of the Lord and living a repentant lifestyle, you receive this strength, this fresh share this new life to be everything you're called and created to be and go everywhere you're called and created to do. He says that's what comes from repentance. So how do I stay free and get free from oppression? I realize God wants me free. I make a decision. I'm going to live a repentant lifestyle. When I live a repentant lifestyle, I live a submitted lifestyle. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, uh, Submit our life to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Think of the word submit. Sub means to come under. Mit comes from mission. So I am going to come underneath God's mission. I'm repentant. I'm coming from going this direction. I'm changing my mind, my heart. I receive the cleansing power of the blood. And now I step into this room of growth, this room of improvement. I'm receiving this fresh air, this recovery, this reviving, the life of God flowing in me and through me. I'm submitted to God. I'm coming underneath. I'm in authority. I'm under authority. So I'm in authority. Now I live a resistant life. So when you open your mouth, remember the disciples, Luke chapter 10, they said even the demons are subject to us. 
in your name? Because you're submitted. Now, God the Father has ultimate authority. He gave the authority to Jesus, and He gave us the Holy Spirit, then He gave us the authority, and He says, now when you open your mouth because of your repentance, because you realize God wants you free, now you're submitted to God, and you live a resistant force upon the earth. In other words, the spirit of oppression does not have a right to dominate your life any longer. Let's keep going. I hope you're getting something out of this because I know I am. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 and 19. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In the Amplified, he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind or declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. Whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. So what is he saying right here? So we realize God wants me free. I'm repenting. I'm living a repentant lifestyle. So I'm submitted to God. I'm resistant force right here. And then bind the spirit of oppression. Bind the spirit of oppression. In other words, he's saying you spend enough time with the Father to realize what belongs in heaven, what is lawful in heaven, and then you come down and you say sickness is not lawful, oppression is not lawful, it is improper for me to be shut down, it is improper for my mind to be shut down, my body to be shut down, my calling to be shut down, my assignment to be shut down, my ministry to be shut down. It is, it is in, unlawful and it is improper. He says now you have the key on earth because you know that in heaven that is not happening so whatever you bind on earth you say devil that is improper and unlawful because it's improper and unlawful in heaven so it's improper improper and unlawful on earth and he says, now whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. In other words, now you, you bind the spirit of oppression saying, you don't belong dominant in my life. Now I'm loosing myself. I'm loosing the resources to come. I'm loosing the power of God. I'm freeing myself up to be everything I'm called and created to be. So in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, when he says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, the word church is not a religious word. It is a governmental word. And he's talking to the individuals who are willing to come near to here, to get the heart of the king, to get the mind of God, and to then leave his presence and go out and execute, to apply the word where his word becomes law on earth just like it is in heaven. And then he goes on to say, now whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. You spend enough time getting the heart of God to know it is not right, it is improper, it is unlawful for the spirit of oppression to continue to rule and reign in my family, my business, my calling, my assignment. Are you with me? So how do we get free? We realize God wants us free. How do we get free? We live a repentant lifestyle. How do we get free? We are submitted to God. We resist the spirit of oppression off of our life. We bind it. We shut it down. We let it know you no longer have a right to dominate my life. <coughs> and the next point is we cast it out. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 20. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. So listen to this. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, 
He was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So Jesus is still at the right hand of the Father and the same way that He worked with the disciples as they preached is the same way He works with me as I preach. How did He work with them? Signs followed the Word. He confirmed the Word with signs following. So how do we get free from oppression? Realize God wants me free. Make a decision. I'm going to live a repentant lifestyle. Realize that as I submit to God and I resist the spirit of oppression, He has to flee from me and bind the spirit of oppression. And this is something that to, to grow in this, you're going to have to set your faith on a daily basis and be consistent and be constant in the areas of your dominion, of your influence, of your authority. So when I was talking a while ago, and I was talking about relationships or finances or your physical body or the gifts of the Spirit or advancement or promotion, if, that's, if you've been experiencing that, you feel the heaviness, you feel the oppression, you feel the outside force coming against your mind and your physical body to shut you down, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And I'm going to show you how to apply what we just learned, and you're going to get free from that spirit of oppression, okay? So, so I, I just want, where, whichever one of those categories fit you financially, I just want you to realize God wants me free. I hope you're saying that to yourself. God wants me free. God wants my family free. wants my finances free. You with me? Okay. So right now in the name of Jesus, whatever area that spirit of oppression has come against the people watching this program, the people that are in the studio right now, I come against the spirit of oppression. I break your power off of our life in Jesus' name. I let you know you're illegally operating against the families, against their finances, against their physical body, against their marriages, against their relationships, against their calling, against their assignment, against their promotion. And I let you know that from this this day forward, your power is broken. The anointing of God removes that burden, destroys that yoke, and I loose the same way God was anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. He is the same right now, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, healing all finances that have been oppressed of the devil. We bind the spirit of oppression and we cast it out and I command it to get out in Jesus' name. Get out of their family, get out of their physical body, get out of their finances finances, get out of their relationships, whatever the hindrance are, your power is broken, and you leave in the name of Jesus. Now, from this point forward, daily, for, for until you, you have a release, until it's so strong on the inside of you that this is who I am. I am free, I am righteous, I'm magnificent, I'm beautiful. All that we learn today in that word, you realize God wants me free today. Just today, His mercies are new. Just today, His grace is sufficient. Just today, I have the faith to connect to Him. Just today, renew your mind to the truth that God wants you free. Renew your mind to what it means to repent, to come back. I, I receive forgiveness. I, I, I let it go and I come back to this room of improvement and I bind it. It's unlawful and improper for me to not be everything I'm called and created to be and I cast out the spirit of oppression and in the name of Jesus I declare freedom today in Jesus name I hope you got something out of this word I look forward to seeing you again next week God bless you guys